broadcasting from Knoxville along the banks of the mighty Tennessee River. This is the Startup Knox podcast featuring interviews with local entrepreneurs about their startups. I'm your host, Brandon Bruce, and today I'm talking with Andy Moss, founder of 3DIQ. Andy launched 3DIQ in August 2018. Its software as a service makes it easy for recruiters to edit, format, and get real-time feedback on candidate submittals. Today, 3DIQ is bootstrapped, has three employees and 15 customers. Welcome to the show, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me, Brandon. Nice to talk to you. Absolutely. So uh, the big news for you all at 3DIQ is that you were recently accepted into the Bullhorn Marketplace. So for our listeners today, uh, what is Bullhorn? What does it mean to join the marketplace? And what does 3DIQ do on that marketplace for its customers? Okay, well, most, if not all, staffing agencies or recruiting agencies use some form or fashion of an applicant tracking system. We call it ATS. Uh, I guess you would call it like their sales force. One of the largest ones in our market is called Bullhorn, and they pretty much have about two-thirds of that um, area. And like most uh, ATS, they have a marketplace for all these add-on features, um, everything from drug testing to automation tools, AI, all those things. And um, 3DIQ was asked to be part of that marketplace here about two months ago, and it's been um, really, really good and well-received. And what 3DIQ does is we basically, um, the way most agencies work is they'll take a resume of a candidate they have and they'll send it to a customer in the form of a PDF pretty, I mean, simple. There's no jazz to it. It's just a document. Then they call that customer, bug them to death until they get feedback to get that person a job. Well, what we do is we automate that for the agency um, from start to finish. And we, instead of sending a PDF, we send a trackable link. And it's kind of like a baby website of their resume to where we can see when it's opened, who's looking at it. We can control it. We can turn it off, turn it on. We can add things to it, like other documents. We can add video. We can add um, sound, we can, um, images, anything to that document, make it look better. Uh, but the biggest thing is to decrease that feedback time from an agency to a customer. So the faster they get feedback, the faster people get jobs. And right now, I think there's a lot of us that would love uh, to get a job really quick. <laughs> so I was going to say, yeah. So we're right. We're in the midst of a of a really unique situation with the COVID nineteen pandemic, a lot of people are now looking for work. They had work before. The economy obviously was very negatively impacted by the big uh, shutdown, the safer at home shutdown. Meanwhile, uh, many companies had to reduce uh, their staff. Others have been able to really ramp up, right? So we've seen some sectors that uh, have really suffered like hospitality. Meanwhile, there's been others like, uh, you know, work from home uh, companies, companies that do delivery. Uh, sanitation companies uh, that have really been scaling up. So from your guys' perspective, seeing uh, uh, companies looking to hire and also seeing candidates come through the system, uh, what are the trends right now? Um, you know, the, it, the service sector and hospitality and that, it's, it's, it's almost an industry where resumes aren't as valued as they were in the past. Um, where we really hang out is in that professional engineering, technical, um, accounting, finance, uh, manufacturing um, worlds to where, you know, th- those specific skills that they want to highlight in a resume where, you know, you, you always ask someone to apply that way. 
Um, trends we're seeing is just speed. It's just everybody. So I send my resume. It's a big black hole. You know, I don't get feedback. I, you know, do they look at it? That's where we're trying to combat. And that's kind of the genesis of where 3DIQ, I own a staffing agency, also I'm M4 staffing here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And we're, you know, where we're always battling that with our customers is like I send a resume and I was getting so frustrated is I lose control of that document. I lose control of who's looking at it. And I, and I wanted that. And our ATS was bullhorn, of course. So we decided it's like, hey, we can come up with something. So we got with some local talent here in Knoxville, uh, Tommy Nguyen and his group at Right Click. And, and we said, this is what we want to do. And he's like, we could do this. So, you know, tapping into that Knoxville market of uh, smart thinkers and people a lot smarter than me. And uh, we came up with 3DIQ and it's been, um, it's been great. But the trend right now is there's a lot of people looking for work and there's jobs coming back. And we're just trying to facilitate that as quickly as possible. Yeah. I mean, all of us, I think, remember those times where we've been sending out our resume uh, <laughs> in search of employment. And, you know, it's a, it's a time with a lot of nerves. There's a lot of anxiety around, hey, will I find the right fit? Um, and then uh, often disappointment because you send it out because you, you see a really great job opportunity and then you just never hear back. And to your point, never. not only did you not hear back, like you're not really sure, did my message even reach them? Did they even look at the cover letter or the resume? Was it, was it, you know, scored highly if they're using some sort of automated tracking or did someone review it? And if so, was there any uh, feedback? So to your point, it, it, it is kind of like a black hole for so many. So is 3D IQ something where the candidate is accessing that type of information or is it their recruiter uh, that's doing it on their behalf and is able to provide that feedback loop uh, back to the candidate and say, hey, listen, uh, it's gone out to 15 employers, 12 of them have looked at it, three of them looked at it, you know, five times last week. So those are the ones that look really interested. Or how does that kind of full circle uh, take place with a candidate? Right now, um, this is not a product for off the shelf if someone is out of work and they just wanted to, to create a resume and a 3D IQ link. This is geared more for the agencies they go to um, to help highlight their skill. Because every agency should do their very best to promote the person they're trying to get a job for. I mean, they're, I mean, obligated to, you know, you know, financially and morally just to get that person back to work. We're the tool that does that. We're, um, we're not there yet. I think we would love an opportunity to have some sort of way a person can create a link and send it out. Um, it's just, that's not been where we've kind of um, set our wheelhouse yet. Well, and it makes sense to focus on the firms because they're, they're the ones receiving hundreds, thousands of candidate resumes on behalf of their clients. So, so let's say a, a firm goes to 3diq.com and says, this is really interesting. I want to do a trial. I want to sign up. I want to use this platform. Is it that they're bulk uploading a lot of candidate resumes into the system? And then as a firm, they are sending it out to hiring companies and the firms that represent those hiring companies to see which candidates they're interested in or sort of walk me through the process that, that a recruiting firm would go through. How would they use it? The very first thing is if a recruiting firm is using Bullhorn, that's the key. We, uh, there are other ATSs that we are working with that we'll talk to eventually, but Bullhorn is the key one. If there is a staffing group that is using Bullhorn, they would just go to the marketplace, they'd go to our website and just click on the um, 
set up a time to talk. We can get it set up within an hour and it can be um, basically turned on there and then they can just start using the tool. We actually sit inside of Bullhorn. So when they see a candidate in their system, they can click on the 3D IQ link and it creates that uh, document link and everything's done automatically and they never have to leave the system. They stay right in the system. I think anybody that's ever used any type of uh, uh, computer software for their business, the worst thing you could do is you know have this great tool, but then leave and go somewhere else to do something and come back. We, we live inside of Bullhorn. Everything stays in Bullhorn. You never have to leave. So I want to go back to something that you just said, because I think it's, it's super important and there's a number of different uh, angles that we can look at. One is you, you own your own firm, M4 Staffing, right? Very successful firm, known very well here in Knoxville. And so in a lot of ways, you built 3D IQ for yourself. You're your own first customer. So you were able to do customer discovery uh, inside of your own firm with your own people. Um, how did you go about validating the idea? I mean, I think that serves as, as tremendous validation up front because you have this you know, insider perspective as someone in the industry, which is uh, extremely valuable. But how did you go about the process of validating it with other firms to kind of cross check? Like, am I just building this for myself or is this something that's going to be needed across lots of firms? I think anytime you have an idea that you think software can do it better, you have to do it manually. And so we took the approach of we're going to do this, but we're going to do it manual. It may take us a little bit longer on our side that they obviously a client of ours would know, but we're going to do this manually. And if the customer likes how they receive it in a link versus a PDF and they like the way it looks, they like the information on it, we know we've got it because we could build software to do it, but you don't want to spend all this money build this great platform, and then your customers don't like it and find that after the fact. We wanted to know on the front end, A, do they like it? Will they use it? And will they buy it? <laughs> and so we were really taking that, we're going to crawl, and then we're going to you know, walk a little bit, and then we're going to run. So we crawled. We, you know, we crawled a, a long way because we in that period, you start getting all these clients say, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? There's, I, these are great ideas. And that's what you want to do when you're vetting out something um, manually is take all those great, implement them, and then build. When you build the software the first time, you're doing it right one time and not 10 different times. That's where when you build something, if you um, you know as well as I do, Brandon, software, you you can always keep doing things. We just, we just couldn't afford it. We had to build it one time, one time right. And yeah, so you can always, we, absolutely, you can always add more features, I think. <laughs> I want to highlight what you said about doing it manually first. And it reminds me of a story of, of AngelList, which you know is the largest network in the world for connecting angel investors with startups. And the way that they started was with a shared spreadsheet, yeah. right? And, and you look at the site and how sophisticated it is, and they've helped to place billions of dollars of investment now. But the way they started was simply, oh, okay, you're an investor, we'll add you to the investor sheet in the spreadsheet and your startup will put you on that sheet and we'll see if we can start helping people make some introductions and make some matches and as it got more and more popular and people started having success with it okay let's put it on the web and then that worked and so okay let's make it more interactive on the web right so they that was their crawl walk run process but i think the other thing it does when you do it manually it gives you a deep appreciation for for what are the problems, right? How long exactly does it take? How, how painful is it? And is the software that you're potentially embarking on building 
a, a nice to have or is it a must have? And I think by doing it manually, you figure out the features that are the must have features. And so, and even- you know, for you all, it, yeah, it sounds like one of those was visibility. What happens to this file, this PDF, this Word document, this resume when you send it out? Like that was one of the, the killer features, right? Were there other things that you guys discovered doing it manually that are just like, hey, we have to include this in the software. It's too important uh, for us to solve. Um, the One of the biggest things we try to always do is keep it simple. Um, everything we try to do with 3DAQ is let's just keep it simple. Let's not make this complicated. So on all of our links, you will see a little uh, green thumbs up or red thumbs down. And when a, when a client is reviewing one of our resumes, all I'm asking them to do is click a thumbs up, thumbs down. And then when they click that green thumbs up, it gives them a free type box to say, I want to set up an interview at two o'clock. Or if they give me a thumbs down, a free type box, where did we miss? And we're facilitating that communication that beforehand, a client would have to open up a PDF, they would review a resume, somebody would walk in their office, ask them a question, they forget about it. And there's no feedback or just, you know, and then, The staffing agency has no idea he was even reviewing the resume. So now with 3DIQ, I know when the manager's clicked on the link, he's reviewing the resume right then and there. I'm asking him to give me feedback and the thumbs up, thumbs down. So we're speeding up that process. But when we're doing it manually, we were trying these things by just the simple alerts features. And the client was loving it. And our our staff was loving the fact they knew when someone was actually looking at the resume. So how, you know, we talk about the big black hole. Now there is no big black hole. We know when they're looking at it. So I mean, that, yeah, that was a huge that, step in the right direction for our industry. Yes, yeah, that feedback loop where it wasn't just broken. It just didn't exist. It did, and, exactly. And, and that I think is interesting too. So in a lot of ways, you're, you're educating and attempting to elevate the whole industry. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, customer discovery, if you will, for, for Sonos, right? The, the smart speakers and those predated even the, 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 the Apple home and the, and the Google home devices and so forth. But, you know, in the development of Sonos, so the, the fair question would have been, well, how much music do people really listen to at home? And the answer before Sonos was not much. They listen to it on their iPod and they listen to it in the car, but people aren't really playing that much music on their CD players anymore because everything has gone... Uh, has gone to MP3 and MP4 and so forth. So, but what they discovered is once they launched Sonos, then everyone started listening to more music at home because it made it easier and faster to do. So I think certainly the thesis for, for 3D IQ is people have gotten used to, unfortunately, over the years, not providing feedback and candidates and their representing staffing firms have gotten used to not receiving it. And hopefully your software will enable everyone to realize <clears throat> A, how important it is to do that, right? Facilitates better relationships, hiring of better people. Um, but B, they just get used to it as the normal workflow again. Uh, so, you know, I, I think if we reverse back decades, there were fewer applicants, they were all local, people probably got that sort of personalized feedback. And then everything got very busy and automated. And so the feedback stopped. And hopefully what 3DIQ will be able to do is, is basically reinvent that feedback loop on behalf of candidates and the firms that are looking to hire them. So I think that's a that's an that's an exciting angle for what you all are doing. Oh, it's a uh, it's definitely exciting. There's no there's no uh, shortage of that. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's part of the that's part of the startup journey. Um, 
One related question. So you're running M4 staffing and you have this idea for 3D IQ. And so in a lot of ways, this is the story of, of intrapreneurship, right? Coming up with something new from inside an existing business and also the story of kind of a spin off or spin out. What, what was the process that you used in thinking about, is this part of M-Force? Is this a separate company? How, how are you uh, deciding on how to build this? I think I always knew it was separate. I don't think there was ever um, a uh, idea that was M-Force. And how it really kicked off with me getting the name of 3DIQ.com. Uh, first of all, it's very hard to get a four-letter website these days. I mean, almost impossible. Most of them are always sucked up. So um, I always loved the word IQ, and I was like, 3D, 3D, because you know we're technical at Enforce. So I was like, you know, there's 2D CAD, there's 3D CAD. I said three-dimensional. That's like another dimension. So I like 3D IQ. So I went on like GoDaddy, and I typed in 3D uh, IQ.com and it was available for like $7. Something stupid. And I bought it. And that's when it started. I was like, all right, you know, I've had this idea and I was like, we're going to take it from here. So I, that's when the company started like that. Just, Lightning strike in the form of a four letter domain name, which yeah. itself is like you say, that's very rare these days. So, I mean, I grabbed that and we created, uh, we had an ideas, um, and 3D and 3D IQ has morphed like anything. It starts one way, and then it's like it pivots. I mean, we're probably 180 degrees from what the original idea of 3D IQ was to now, which is the value of all of that early customer discovery and feedback that you did internally, and then with those uh, that first cohort of uh, of trial beta users and now customers, right? Exactly. Uh, so let's jump into kind of this lightning round of rapid fire questions. Uh, your bootstrap so far, are you fundraising for 3D IQ? You know, we haven't been, but we are taking a little bit um, selectively. I've always tried to do it myself. We're probably at that point where obviously we could throw a little bit more gas onto this fire. Um, so yes, we're probably in that mode to have those discussions. We haven't been, but we're, we're quickly getting there. If that's awesome. a... a Great way to answer that. And then here is, a, here is a fun question for someone that is running a startup and also runs a, a successful staffing firm. Are you hiring? Uh, we're always hiring. <laughs> um, we, uh, you know, it's, I love talent. I just love it. So if I see someone that can make my staffing company better or my software company better, by all means, we're hiring. I don't, I don't think anybody would ever say they're not hiring. And it shocks me when someone says they're not. Who wouldn't? I mean, if, if someone with if, – if, if the Dallas Cowboys had a quarterback walk in their room like, you know, uh, Tom Brady, would you not hire him? Yes, you would. I, I don't understand why anybody would say they're not hiring. That's a great point. And I, I think so far with the founders that we've talked with, uh, to your point, the answer has been yes, right? And even – for the very earliest stage startups, I think it's largely a, a qualified yes, right? Like it may yes. be that, hey, we don't have the cash flow right now or we're still looking for investment. But at the end of the day, if it's the right fit, right? If someone wants to jump in the foxhole with us and help to build the startup, yeah. then absolutely, right? You want, the, you want that top talent uh, in whatever form uh, that, it, that it comes and whenever it arrives. Yep. So my biggest advice to anybody doing a startup is 
Hire people smarter than yourself and never, ever turn down top talent, ever. What book are you reading right now? I, you know, I'm big in this um, uh, traction. Um, it's, I'm in the middle of EOS implementation into my company. So get a grip, traction, more of an operational, um, obviously running two companies. I really am strapped with time. There's only one of me. And then trying to kind of develop operating systems around both those companies to where I can be better. So I'm really diving into traction. So, um, and I've, I've loved it so far. Nice. And yes, that's part of a, um, entrepreneur's operating system implementation, but it's also available as a one-off. So if listeners are interested, go to Amazon, type in traction, you'll see the main book and several other related uh, workbooks and other books to check out. Uh, aside from, of course, the Startup Knox podcast, uh, are you a podcast listener? Or are there any other uh, podcasts that you're listening to? I do. I love podcasts. I'm, the one I'm always interested is, is there's one in the staffing and recruiting world called Chad and Cheese. It's a I guess uh, um, these two guys that are come from the recruiting world, they they blow up, you know, companies and you know highlight good ones, and it's a very entertaining uh, satire look at different staffing type things. It's called Chad and Cheese. These guys are great. They're funny as all get out. They're all short little 20, 30 minute things. But if you if you like to laugh and you're in that HR recruiting type check them out. Nice. Love it. That is a new one for me. Um, who are you following online these days? Uh, I'm not a big online follower. I mean, I, I like Gary V. I I mean, I think he's a, a interesting character when it comes to entrepreneurial. Uh, so I'll follow him. And then I, you know, I just like to follow other entrepreneurs in Knoxville and different ones. I always love learning about people's business, you know, and it's totally separate from my business. It's just, I just, I like young entrepreneurs that want to do things. So I'll follow a lot of new startups and things like that. Nice. And we already mentioned uh, your website URL, but for the record, so people can visit it, it's 3diq.com, that simple uh, uh, four, four letter domain <laughs> that, that's we golden. And then uh, what's the best way for listeners to contact you? Uh, Andy at 3diq.com. And if you, you want to discover more about what we're doing or want to talk, you can always reach me there. It's pretty simple. Easy. Yep. Quick by email and probably uh, you're on LinkedIn also. Yes, I am. Perfect. Andy, thanks a bunch uh, for coming on the show. Best of luck to you and Tim and the whole team over at 3DIQ. Uh, looking forward to following up with you guys. Super exciting that you're on the Bullhorn Marketplace. And I think, you know, with all the ups and downs already, and we're halfway through 2020, um, I suspect that you guys are going to have a really big year in 2020. So I'm looking forward to catching up and seeing how that's all gone for you. Um, Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Startup Knox podcast. If you like the show, you can subscribe to listen to more interviews with Knoxville entrepreneurs. Please also leave a review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite listening platform. If you want to know more about today's episode, check out the show notes on our website at startupknox.com. Also on our site, you can find a startup ecosystem guide, a startup directory, an investor directory, and a curated startup events calendar for Knoxville. Join me for the next episode where I'll talk with Jenna Johns, COO of RDI Technologies, about her experience growing the company to number 33 on the Inc. 500 list last year. 
Thanks for listening.